0: Hi guys, to another episode of the Aussie Firebug Podcast, the Financial Independent Podcast, geared towards reaching financial independence in Australia. Uh, Today's guest is the Mad Scientist, and I am steering in a slightly different direction for today's podcast because uh, the Mad Scientist doesn't live in Australia, um, but his story is very inspirational, and I read his blog, so I thought I'd get him on here anyway. So I'll introduce him, uh, Mad Scientist, Um, for my listeners that may not know who you are, can you just please tell us a little bit about yourself and how Mad Scientist came to be?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot for having me. This is uh, this is cool. Um, it's fun talking to somebody in Australia from the UK, which is where I live now. But I'm actually from the states. So uh,
0: yeah, yeah, we're wife. just talking about that. Yeah. So um, you're originally from the states, um, and uh, your, your girlfriend or wife is from the UK.
1: Yeah. So I studied over here my junior year uh, of university, and uh, and yeah, met my. <laughs> wife now um so that was that was way back in 2002 so yeah i met her when i was studying over here and then as soon as i graduated i moved back over and uh we lived here for about four years and then we went back to the states for the last six and a half i think and then we just moved back over to the uk so yeah we're we're in edinburgh scotland and uh yeah it's good being back um the weather's terrible but (laughs) the people are good so it's been fun um but yeah the mad scientist uh so it came around, it came about probably, I think it was back in sometime in 2011. I think I launched in 2012. Um, uh, so I had, you know, I, I'd always been good with money. Um, for some reason I just always wanted to have a, like a portfolio to manage. I didn't really have any goals for that portfolio. I just like the idea of having money and, you know, investing it and all that fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I'd been a good saver for all of my career, um, but it wasn't until 2011, I think I stumbled upon uh, the blog, getrichslowly.org, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that ever in Australia.
0: Yeah, well, I, I do know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know if uh, my audience would, would read that, but I definitely suggest you go check that out if you haven't, because it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty massive blog in, in this space. Uh, yeah, I have been across there
1: yeah so it's it was one of i guess one of the biggest um so the the guy that created it jd roth um he he created it and just put out a bunch of really great stuff over the years and then he sold it um he sold the blog for like a crazy amount of money um a few years ago i think um so i don't i don't read it too much anymore because jd was the whole reason that i I read it um was one of the first ones wasn't it yeah it was um it was definitely one of the first and one of the most popular as well um so at that point like i didn't even really really know what a blog was um and i don't even, i don't know how i stumbled upon it but um when i did i was like whoa this is yeah this is exactly what i want to do you know like i want to get rich slowly um yeah to do it right i don't want to have any like scammy things i just want to yeah just plod along and get rich and i didn't really know why i wanted to get rich but you know rich is better than poor i guess so. yeah
0: absolutely so in in the um in the blog uh does does it talk about early retirement in the blog or it's mainly an in investing and um you know accumulating assets sort of blog
1: yeah so a lot of it was him struggling getting out of debt and things which obviously i wasn't very interested in because i was never i never had any sort of debt issues um but which it was is probably
0: rare fun. for someone that, uh, oh no, you went to, you studied in UK, that's right, because I always hear these horror stories of, um, US people, you know, taking out these hundred thousand, hundred plus thousand dollar loans to, um, to study, which is just crazy. Um, yeah, but yeah. No, I
1: got really lucky. Um, actually I did study in the States. I only studied in the UK for one year. It was like just oh. a study abroad exchange program. So yeah, I actually did study in the States and I was really lucky, um, At the time I was in high school, I was living in North Carolina, and uh, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill is the oldest public um, university in the States, and it's an amazing institution. Um, But since I was living in North Carolina, I got in-state tuition, so I think I only paid like somewhere like five or six grand a year to go Whoa. there which yeah so i i did have student loans um i left with probably about i think maybe like 12 grand worth of student loans
0: oh that um, is awesome that's yeah, similar crazy. to um what my degree cost uh in australia but we have a um oh i don't know exactly how the american system works but uh basically here we have the hex system so the government gives you a loan um and you only have to start paying it back when you start earning over a certain threshold and there isn't, in, there isn't technically interest applied to your loan every year but it's just um, it's indexed by the CPI so they just basically say all right if you owe $30,000 um, in you know, 2012, in 2013 whatever the equivalent of $30,000 is that's how much you owe so it might chuck on an extra 1200 bucks, but it's a pretty good system
1: nice yeah that's pretty good yeah there are government subsidized loans and things like that and i think i probably had uh like one of those because one of my interest rates was really low um but yeah it's not you can really get screwed as a student if you're not careful and i yeah i hear these stories yeah oh it's crazy it's it's absolutely insane so you got these you know kids going to school uh paying hundreds of thousands of dollars and then they have no job prospects at the end of it because they studied something that's you know not very marketable. So um, it's 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 a terrible system and it's unsustainable really. Uh, in today's day and age, I think it, I think it's it must be on its way out. But I got really lucky in the fact that you know I was able to go to a top twenty five school and only pay you know five grand a year. So wow. um, So yeah, that was that was great. That was that was a huge because uh, yeah, otherwise I would have just spent spent my twenties paying off debt, which you know yeah, know you lucked out there. That, so. Um, so yeah, so back to get get rich really slowly though. So I stumbled upon this, and I didn't even really understand what a blog was before that, which mm. is pretty embarrassing because I'm a computer science uh, major and software <laughs> developer as a career. Um, but I got into it because I was you know good at math rather than because I was a big computer geek on online all the time or something like that mm. <laughs> or something like that. So um, so I. Uh, I was like, oh, so this is what a blog is. This is cool. This is just some guy who's you know talking about his story and how he wants to get rich slowly. And I was like, this is great. Um, so yeah, it really didn't touch too much on early retirement, but um, he must have had a guest post or something from uh, Jacob Lund Fisker, who is the guy behind EarlyRetirementExtreme.com. Ah, uh, um, yeah, now the classic so that just blew my mind. So this was you know, <laughs> sometime in 2011 uh I stumbled upon early retirement extreme you know I was just like well this is what I'm saving for this is exactly what I want you know I don't want a fancy car or a big house or anything like that I want freedom um and I didn't realize that freedom was that easy to get if you just focused really hard and saved up a bunch of money over a few years so um so yeah that completely changed the game so so once I realized that that was my goal, I was like, all right, well there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that I can do to get there quicker. Like I knew like I could research investment strategies, I could figure out ways to reduce my taxes and all these sort of th- things that would take a lot of research and I was like, well I know I'm, I'm pretty lazy and I won't do that unless I have some sort of external motivation. So <laughs> I figured, all right, I'm going to start my own site, my own blog and, you know, research these strategies and write about them. And, you know, the, the need to put out consistent content will force me to do the research that I know I can do that would, you know, get me to financial independence quicker. Um, and at the same time, so this is but like early 2012. Um, and around that same time, I was I also wanted to create a podcast, so there at the time there wasn't any sort of like financial independence early retirement podcast or anything. Um, so I launched the financial independence podcast, and which I love, by the way. Oh, great! Thanks.
0: I you listen know. to every episode. I know it's nice. it's based, you know. An American you always talk about um, you know 401 Ks and Roth and IRAs and I, I used to have no idea what you are talking about and all like the big um, forums are always US based which is half the reason I created um, Aussie Firebug to, to you know give Australia um, people trying to get to financial independence in Australia a bit of um, tips and tricks that are relevant to our system but yeah I love you I love your podcast I always listen to it.
1: that's great so yeah so that that turned it because i that was just a selfish thing really i was like i I, you know i'm on this path like i'm you know full force into this pursuit of financial independence and i was like i really want to talk to people that have already got there and you know learn tips and tricks from them so good way to do uh, it so that's been great so i've got to chat with like mr money mustache jd roth the guy that created get rich slowly which was really cool because that was the first blog i ever read and then here I am interviewing him for my podcast and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so that's been great. So that, that's really how it all came about. And, uh, and then it's sort of expanded into, in, in, uh, a lot more than I anticipated. And it's sort of, it's really taken over my life. Actually. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, just meet up with a lot of readers and, Uh, other bloggers all over the all over the world which has been great so yeah because
0: you're getting pretty big like um I think I heard in your last podcast or the one before maybe um you were nearly in the top 10 in the investing um category on iTunes
1: yeah yeah so that was crazy it was um yeah I just I published an episode and then I logged in and Saw that I was I don't know like twelve or something in in all of investing podcasts, which is insane. So it yeah, it's it's definitely. I, I guess that would be a good advice for anybody out there who's like interested in blogging or podcasting. It's just well, you first you got to pick something that you're really interested in because the amount of work that it takes to do anything mm. uh, for the amount of money that comes in is just you know you're working for pennies. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. But, but so you have to love it. And it takes a long time. Uh, well, it doesn't necessarily have to take a long time. Like I'm sure other blogs have come on the scene and just exploded. But if you have patience, then it's amazing how it builds over the years. Really, because I like I'm not good at marketing at all, and I don't really do. I don't like comment on other people's blogs and um, all the stuff that people tell you, like guest posts and all that stuff that people tell you to do to grow your following. Like I don't. I just write and luckily a lot of it's been pretty good that people have liked and yeah you, you it
0: got some really quality posts man um the only nice. thing is like i said before i wish they were you know for the australian system because they're uh, you know they're all um in the u.s but i yeah, yeah, i do the, appreciate
1: the, the effort that goes in all oh, thanks yeah a lot of the articles are definitely u.s based I, I i talk a lot about tax avoidance and things and all the all the vehicles that i talk about uh, that help uh, facilitate tax avoidance.
0: Some of them are though, do I find like, so your common advice is, you know, common advice, um, you know, uh, spend less than you earn, invest the rest, like, you know, that, that's, um, that's relatable in any country you live in. Um, for the people listening that, uh, I'm sure some of them are going to go to your site. Can you give a quick, Um, overview of your 401k, your IRA and what a Roth is because we've got a similar system in Australia so the strategies aren't going to work exactly the same but if you could explain those terms and what they are I think it would uh, be relatable.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. And if somebody does come to my site, I think probably the podcast is the best place to start for foreigners because that is a lot of that stuff is more relatable. Um, But yeah, I'll definitely uh, dive into those real quick. Um, Like 401Ks and IRAs, those are sort of tax advantage accounts where you don't pay tax on the money when you put it in and then it grows tax free and then you pay tax on it when it comes out. So it's sort of like tax deferred um, retirement savings. you probably have heard of things like a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. Yes. Those things are also tax-free growth, but the, you get taxed before you put the money in, and then you can take it out tax-free. Um, uh,
0: okay, so depending on your strategy, it works out better one way or the other. Is that right?
1: Right. So, so a lot of my writing has been, you know, you know the whole point of starting the Mad Scientist was to, to do research specifically for people who are pursuing financial independence and want to retire early. So like most mainstream financial advice is geared to, you know, work till you're 65 and then retire Mm, people. mm. And since our income and spending are so drastically different throughout our career and after our career, um, most of the mainstream advice makes absolutely no sense for people like us. So so that was part of the thing. I I started trying to like do research and, and try to figure out strategies specifically for people on the path of financial independence uh, to figure out you know what the best way of going about it is. So so what I found is yeah like um, taking the tax advantage up front when you're young and making a lot of money in your career before you before you retire early, um, it makes a lot more sense to take advantage of all those sort of tax free put in the money accounts um, and then and then figure out ways to get it out tax-free later uh, when you lower your income to lower levels um, and, and, yeah, and I, lower tax brackets. So. I
0: have read about the, um, the Roth ladder that you do speak about, uh, which sounds so cool, but we can't do it in Australia. We have another system here called um, a super. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it sounds um, very similar to the 401k. Um, is there like a limit like, is there an age restriction you can you have to reach to withdraw money traditionally out of the 401k or IRA?
1: Um, the, you, you start getting forced to take money out of like traditional IRA and things like that. Um, at a certain age, um, Roth, there is no minimum required distribution, so you could leave that in there and leave it to your kids or whatever you want. Um, but yeah, some of them do force you to start taking money out. Um, and then as you get older, they also, some of the accounts allow you to add more once you pass like 55 years old because then you're getting close to retirement. So you can really start to juice. juice right,
0: the, right. And what's the difference emissions? between an IRA and a 401k?
1: Um, uh, IRA is an individual retirement account. So that's something I can open up no matter who I'm employed by. A 401k is usually set up and managed by your employer. Um, but as far as like... The differences between the two—they're really, they're really similar. Um, it's just that one is through an employer, like a 403b is like pretty much like a 401k as well, but it's for nonprofit employers. So, oh yeah, so wow, you got just, another one. It's, it's pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. So, if you had um, theoretically, let's say, you put a whole bunch of money in your either account, um, and you needed the money, you're 40 and you needed the money, depending on if it was Roth or not you can just start withdrawing out of those accounts whenever you choose
1: so Roth's if you Roth you can take the contribution out whenever you want because like I said it's taxed already so yep. the government doesn't care so you could put 5,000 in to your Roth this year and then when you're 40 you can take out that 5,000 um, with no penalty or no problem because it's already been taxed the growth on that 5,000 has to stay in there or else you'll get penalized but Um, But uh, for like a traditional or a 401k, um, it's a bit more difficult because, like I said, you didn't pay tax on it. So if you do take it out early, you'll get penalized and you'll get taxed. Um, Mm. But the whole Roth conversion ladder idea is that you can convert that into a Roth. um, So you pay tax on the conversion. Um, but then you can withdraw that after five years after the conversion. Um, so that's a that's a way to get money out of your 401k or your traditional, which which was actually really huge when I found that. That really changed the game because um, that meant that I could you know continue to juice all these. Um, Tax advantaged accounts, but then I could still access that money in early retirement. So, so yeah, look into your super and see if there's any lo- loop- loopholes that you could, you know, transfer it into another type of account. <laughs> yeah, like I,
0: that. I, there is a there's another guy that has a blog in Australia um, that's a bit of a super expert, and I've been trying to get him on the show, but I think he he's just started work at a super company. So basically, our super is. Um, the your employer has to pay a percentage of your wage. I think it's like twelve percent, and it goes into your super account. And in your super account, you can um, you can choose like your. Risk type. Um, I think you know everyone's just uh, automatically put into conservative when they join, and then you have to log in and actually physically change it if you want to. But it's like spread across all different asset classes. It's got um, you know bonds, stocks, uh, real estate, gold. You know it's very nicely um, diversified for you. So it's basically, um, I guess, what the government thought. Uh, to do was to make a compulsive savings for everyone and let that grow and in Australia you can't withdraw out of your super until you turn 65 currently but they, they they change um the minimum uh age uh like they changed it I think last year or the year before so who the hell knows how old i will have to be before i can start withdrawing out of my super so at the moment it's 65 but i'm sure by the time i get there it'll be like 80 so it's really good though it's a tax savings vehicle like i believe your 401 and ira is but um it just yeah why hard to get access to exactly you can't get access to it i
1: always say to people is you know early retirement Contains standard retirement, so a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm retiring early. I don't want to put all my money into this account that I can't access until I'm 65." And I'm, and what I say is, you know, early retirement is within. I mean, standard retirement is within the you know the bubble of early retirement. So you need to save for whatever 35 to 65, but then you also have to save. For sixty-five plus, because Mm. you're not going to go back to work when you're sixty-five, so absolutely take advantage of these accounts when you get when you have them. And if you find you have you know more money than you need when you're sixty-five, I guess that's a good problem to have. But oh, absolutely, like advantage of these tax advantages.
0: When I'm close to the age, I'll be dumping everything I can in there. But at the Mm -hmm. moment, I just it's not going to help me um, get to financial independence. Um, soon. I would literally have to reach the retirement age. The only way you can get to it early is under special circumstances, like if you declare bankruptcy or something happens and you're in dire financial stress or something like that, I think they let you access it. Um, And the other thing is you can set up a self-managed super fund, and that just means you can um, invest a little bit more freely with it, but you still can't get access to it until the age that they set it's a bit different but
1: um so yeah so uh so yeah if i was in australia i would just break my retirement planning into the two pieces uh post-retirement age and pre-retirement age and i would you know invest a lot of funds to handle my post-retirement age into the super just to get those tax advantages and then i'd figure out somewhere else to invest for the pre-retirement age uh funds as well so but yeah the point the important important thing is don't don't just forget about your 65 plus life because hopefully you'll live to, <laughs> you know, whatever, 90 or 100 and you still need to fund that. So, yeah, focus on both. Yeah, absolutely. An of absolutely. Of things when you can.
0: And um, good segue. Speaking of investing, um, so you, what is your preferred method uh, to invest in? Are you more of a um, passive index fund sort of guy, uh, real estate? What do you invest in?
1: Yeah, so I'm... Right now I'm fully uh passive index funds. Um I've owned two houses with my wife uh since we graduated. Um I did we did really well on the first one, which was nice that set us up quite nicely. Um and then didn't do great on the second one, but we we sort of knew that going in. We had bought a place in rural Vermont and uh, the only reason we bought actually is because uh, there was nowhere to rent where we needed to live. Um, and we knew we were only staying for a few years, so we uh, we didn't do too great on that, but it wasn't an investment. So yeah, real estate has uh, i've I've only bought real estate as you know, homes to live in, and I won't be doing that anymore. i'm I'm very happily renting again. Um, so I wouldn't have ever called myself a real estate investor. Um, so yeah, I'm fully uh index funds mm, you know high stock allocation i don't have any bonds at the moment um so 100% a stocks yep yep 100% stocks um probably about 10% of that is international stocks um i'm probably at about 10% cash too I, I i tend to have too much cash i need to <laughs> i need to deploy my cash uh better i I usually sit on it for too long um and then get up to like 15% and I'm like, okay, then now I need to do something about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now that's it. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm happy being more aggressive, uh, cause I'm currently still working. Um, and I, um, yeah, I, I just don't think bonds are too appealing right now and I'd rather, I'd rather just have a, a really juiced portfolio. And if I need to work, uh, instead, I'd rather work rather than just have, um, a high allocation of bonds. So, so yeah, so I, that's, that's it. I'm fully index funds and I, you know, I'm, I'm really tempted by rental real estate. Um, for some reason it just really appeals to me, but I know how I am. Um, (laughs) I know how I am when I own property and it's not fun. Uh, whereas in this index funds, you know, no matter how bad the market's down, like there's absolutely no stress for me, which is which is nice, so I, I think I think I'll probably stay this way for a, a long time, just because I, I do like the stress-free nature of index fund investing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, were you invested in index funds in two thousand eight?
1: Ah, yeah, um, I I was, and I I loved putting more money into it. Actually, that was that was actually a really uh, a really nice thing. So I, I told you I made. Uh, you know, a pretty good profit on my, on our first house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in Scotland. We bought a house oh, and nice. two and a half years later, we sold it for more than 50%. We bought it then we bought it for, it. um, and it just so happened it was like right before the world was about to collapse. <laughs> um, so, so at that point, a lot of our, uh, money was tied up in that house. Um, but Once we got out, then the whole world collapsed, and that's when I started, you know, putting a lot more money into the stock market. So I was, oh, good timing that it was. Yeah, it was really good, and it, we that was that was really lucky. It was like it could have won either way. Like honestly, the the week that we were meant to close on the house was the week that in the UK Northern Rock Bank they had a bank run, and people were like queued around the corner trying to get all their money out of the bank, and it was just like. Holy shit! The whole world's collapsing, or, oh my God. or you know what's going on. Please let this house sale go through, <laughs> um, and it went through luckily. And then, and then yeah, so that it, it was it was good timing for that definitely. Oh, um,
0: uh, that that is just crazy. Australia I don't know if you um read too much about Australia during the global financial crisis but we were largely unaffected we had a massive mining boom happen um when that was going down China was buying a shitload of iron ore and coal and everything from us so I remember like looking on forums and you know reading newspapers and I was like what's Like, what's everyone complained about? Nothing's even bad happening. And then it's not until, you know, I read about how lucky Australia was that we didn't really see um, any real recession or decline um, during that time. And the government played a little part to do with it. Like, the main thing was the humongous mining boom that we had. Um, But in 2008 or... uh, yeah, 2000, maybe even earlier, the government released a stimulus package and they gave everyone earning under a certain amount a thousand bucks. So, they just gave everyone in the country a thousand dollars and just go, go out to the stores and spend just to stimulate the economy. It was pretty wow. sweet. <laughs>
1: nice. Um, that's cool. Yeah, no, I had no idea that Australia was, you know, relatively unscathed by yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a lot yeah, of people
0: don't... Cool you know when you say stuff like that you know i I wouldn't even know what that looks like because it didn't really happen in australia um but yeah that's crazy it would have been like i couldn't even yeah imagine that um happening it would have been surreal i'm sure
1: yeah it was cool so so yeah like that, that was right around the time that we moved back um moved back to the states so yeah we had sold the sold the place in scotland um transferred the money over to dollars which was awesome because that was like the best exchange rate that we that's ever existed actually it was uh yeah, like 2.097 we got when we transferred our money over to to dollars which was great um
0: bro you were lucky yeah. do you buy lottery tickets or
1: what no no, i don't um yeah that's uh it, it, it really was perfect timing but it could have gone the other way like i got caught up into the property boom that was happening in scotland like we bought our house which was you know just like a two bedroom one bath you know small house which was a you know perfect house for us at the time and everything um and I, I just saw what was happening to house prices on our street. And I almost bought our neighbors. She left and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this one too. This is amazing. Um, and then my wife was rightly talking me out of it. She's like, remember how much work we had to do to get this one all fixed up? And, you know. And is this in UK
0: still or this is in America? Yep.
1: yep this is UK still. UK, yep. so, so, so I almost bought that. Um, and then I... Th- think if I had done that, uh, we would have missed the boat on both houses, I think, because like I said, that was right as uh, the (laughs) foundation started to crumble and started to crack. And, you know, um, had we been right in the middle of a renovation project on another house, you know, we wouldn't have sold the one we were living in, obviously. And then we would have had two houses that were worth a lot less than they would have been if we had just sold the one and so yeah it was it was really good timing but it was it was pure luck i can't you know <laughs> i can't claim to no. know when to sell real estate at the top or anything <laughs> like that it was just it was just very lucky that we wanted to move to the states at the time that we did um and it's very lucky that we didn't get carried away and um, yeah i'm sure you thank your wife
0: <laughs> For that,
1: <laughs> that yeah, uh, persuasion like in, into and in, in, you guys have a crazy real estate situation going on there, don't you? Oh, absolutely, it's oh
0: my god! So, our two biggest cities, um, Sydney and Melbourne, um, it's it's hard to like definitely say, um, you know, what's what's going on there, but it's so obvious, especially in Sydney. the um income to price ratio of houses is just bonkers like it's 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 absolutely insane at the moment um i think sydney inner sydney is like a million dollars average or something ridiculous like that like i don't know who's buying these houses um melbourne's not quite as bad but it's still pretty bad um Yeah, a lot of economists are saying it's a humongous bubble. It's going to pop any, you know, any month. Um, You know, I think 2017, uh, it's going to... Like, they're predicting a lot of things for 2017. But um, in saying that, they've been saying that for, you know, years. Um, But as I said before, when the GFC hit... We were just very fortunate that we had a mining boom to take us through that time. Um, a lot of economists were you know, predicting that the housing market was going to pop back then. Um, and I don't think anyone was uh, predicting how much coal and iron ore China was going to need from Australia during that time. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. The Yeah, the real estate markets in Sydney, I just... I don't know who would be investing there because I invest in real estate myself, but um, the yield is so disgustingly bad in Sydney that you you would have to be losing hundreds and hundreds of dollars every week um, in hope that it's gonna be bought for a higher price in years to come. Right. It just doesn't sound logical to me. Um, no, you know, it's gambling. Yeah, all, all, I've got three properties and they're all cash flow positive, so um you know they make money without capital gains but obviously the people are buying in Sydney and Melbourne that's all they're chasing like they they've sort of um derived a little bit from the fundamentals of investing because it just right. it doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense to me and I think a lot of serious investors um, it doesn't make sense to, and I don't know anyone. I go to a lot of um, property seminars, and you know, I visit the forums, and pretty much no one who is a seasoned investor is buying in Sydney at the moment. There's a lot of um, a lot of people that have seen, you know, the house down the road in Sydney. Uh, get bought for $500,000 in 2013 and sell for a million dollars in 2015 and think, wow, this real estate uh, investing is really easy. I can just do it. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, heartache over the next couple of years, Um, but we'll see. No one knows, right? Like it's hard to call the top of a bubble um, and predicting when it's going to pop is anyone's guess really.
1: Yeah, but it's pretty inevitable. So yeah, it's yeah,
0: yeah. to stay out of it. Yeah, well that's a thing I um you know, I'm I'm saving up hard and uh, I'm definitely going to start investing in an index fund like just through Vanguard. Um, and even just keep a yeah big buffer in cash at the moment because you don't know what's going to happen like even the places that I've invested in um, which is uh, not Sydney. <laughs> um it could affect the whole country because, you know, those two big uh, cities is where the majority of people live and Australia is a bit weird. I don't know if you've read much about, like, the real estate market here, but there pretty much hasn't been a decline in those two cities in, like, maybe over 20 years or close to 20 years or something. Um, And it's just been boom after boom. And there's a bit of a mantra that, you know, you can never lose in property in Australia. Um, yeah. And that's ingrained in people. And, like, a lot of parents, you know, tell their kids, get a property as soon as you can afford one. You can't lose a property. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Um, could be a really good opportunity for people yeah. that are cashed up on the sidelines. But um, Absolutely,
1: yeah. That sounds like a very similar situation to America in, you know, 2007. Um, yeah. yeah. You can never yep. lose just buy it, buy as big of a house as you can afford or that the bank will let you, which at the time they were letting you buy ridiculously crazy properties. Uh, um, like I, when when we moved back to the States, uh, my wife was going back to school so she wasn't earning anything and she's a foreigner uh, that couldn't work so she definitely wasn't going to earn anything. She was there on a student visa. Hmm. I was working remotely for a Scottish company on a month-to-month contract basis so I didn't have you know any sort of uh, contract that would, you know, ensure that I made certain certain amount every year. I was just working mm. month to month pretty much. And I think we got we got approved for like a four hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage or something. And I was like, <laughs> how is that possible? Like what have what you watched you
0: the uh the big short?
1: Yeah, I did, yeah, that was awesome. I read the book too. Wow. It was, was uh, that like yeah. really accurate? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like uh like uh, luckily i was smart enough to know that i don't <laughs> i don't want or need a four hundred thousand dollar house and yeah uh but most people weren't they're like yeah i'll buy two so uh, yeah
0: australia's a bit weird have you ever heard of negative gearing before uh no so australia i'm pretty sure it's unique to australia maybe a few other countries do it but it basically goes like this if you invest in um real estate or You can do it in shares as well, but it doesn't really work because not many people take out loans for shares. Um, But basically, if you invest in real estate um, and it makes a loss for the year, so let's say if you buy a house and your rent minus insurance rates, uh, interest, everything, um, you lose $5,000, let's say. So owning that house costs you $5,000. What you can do in Australia is go to the tax man and say, um, my income for the year was 100,000 if you earn 100K, but I have an investment property that I lost 5,000 on. So you minus the 5,000 off your income. So it brings your um, taxable income down to 95K and the $5,000 that you lost, the tax that you got charged on that 5K, you can claim back on your tax return. So for every... Um, dollar that you lose on the investment property, you might be able to claim like 37 cents to the dollar, which doesn't make any sense, but it just cushions the blow a bit for people that that invest in real estate at a loss. So it basically encourages more people to uh, invest in real estate. That's what I think it was originally it was originally designed to help. Mum and dad investors get their foot in the door in real estate even if it was going to cost some money because they could get a nice fat tax return at the end of the financial year but um it's a bit stupid because you spend a dollar only to save like 37 cents in tax it depends what tax bracket you're in but um i actually have an article about it and why it's dumb and why you shouldn't do it like you should if you're paying more tax. That means you're earning more money. That's what you want to be doing. You want right. to be paying more tax.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to trade dollars for thirty-seven cents. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, It sounds sounds like a crazy situation going on there as, as well. So, yeah, you're you would be in a in a nice position if you have a nice cash cushion um, and some conservative investments to yeah, like, take advantage when the whole shit show blows up, which is inevitable that it will yeah, when yeah 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 um
0: absolutely so we'll see how that pans out um yeah so back on to uh financial independence have have you hit financial independence at the moment or is that something you're still working towards
1: yeah no so i, I we we moved back to scotland in august of 2014 and at that point i was planning on just quitting my job um for good um you know, I'd hit the number that I was targeting, uh, and it was a perfect time because obviously we wanted to move back to Scotland. So, um, so yeah, I, I've hit my number and I've actually continued working. So I, I had a meeting with my boss and I'm hmm. like, Hey, I'm moving to Scotland. Uh, and the first thing out of his mouth was, well, do you want to work remotely? Um, so I talked to my wife about it and was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. Actually. Um, that'll, you know, take away all the stuff I hate about the job, which is, you know, the commute and uh, being trapped in there from whatever, 8 to oh. 4.30 or whenever I used to work. And the commute. All the I, I used to commute. Else. Worst Sorry. thing ever. Yeah. Um, but it'll let me keep programming, which is something I like to do. And it'll keep letting me get paid, which is something I like as well. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened. So we, we left vermont which is where we were living uh, at the time and uh yeah we've just been i've just been working remotely since then i took i took three months off uh at the beginning of 2015 uh, because we wanted to do a big trip to southeast asia um so yeah so after like only working remotely for a few months i emailed my bosses and was like hey i want to go travel for three months so um, I can either keep working or I can take three months unpaid leave um, so they decided on unpaid leave um, and yeah so that that was great um, and then yeah ever since we've been back in Scotland I've uh, just been working remotely and it's been it's been great actually I, it's amazing it's amazing one how much you enjoy your job more when you don't have to do it yeah uh, and it's even better when you have the power to pretty much just demand exactly what you want out of the job um so since you know since I didn't expect to have the job at all I've just been you know only doing things that I want to do um you know asking for things that I want just you know like three months to go travel around Thailand you know it's like there's no way I would have done that five years ago but now that you know I didn't expect to have the job uh you know, it's something that I, I did and is made my life so much better. So
0: that's um, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's been, it's been really, really good. And it's been interesting. Like since I didn't expect to have this income coming in, um, we've also just like, you know, loosened the purse strings. It it feels like I've gone crazy actually (laughs) after, you know, spending my whole life being quite frugal. It feels like we've just gone absolutely insane. Uh, like we live right in the center of Edinburgh and, you know, we do anything that we want. Um, but surprisingly, it didn't really move the needle. I think I think like frugal habits are really deeply ingrained. Um, so even though it feels like I'm going crazy and just spending on anything that I want, really, <laughs> I'm not spending that much more at all. Um, just because all those habits are just you know s- such a part of me. So
0: absolutely, so it's, been,
1: it's, it's been a really good. It's been a really cool experience, and it's something I wish I had done earlier. Um, you know i was so focused on the end goal that number um that i didn't realize that i could have been using the power that i gained along the way to make my life even better at the time um and that's something that i've been trying to write more about as well it's like you know people focus so much on that final finish line uh which is a mistake because uh, i wrote a post um Called happiness through subtraction, um, and it talked about just how how I was so focused on this end goal. But once I crossed that finish line, I wasn't any happier. Because r- really, you know, looking at it now, it makes sense. It's like, well, yeah, why would one extra dollar in my bank account make me any happier than mm. you know one less dollar? Which is really what it boils down to. It's like you're you're focusing so much on this single number, and then you think once you hit it, you'll be fine, but it really wasn't like that um where instead rather than focusing on that number i should have been you know using the power that i had like okay well now i have enough that i'll you i can pay for all of our essential expenses so why not go to my boss and say all right you know i'm working from home two days a week instead of one and, and i want an extra five grand because i you know did all this stuff and you know i, I should have been using it in that way because at, at that point, you know, even before you hit full financial independence, when you have that FU money, you can, you know, you you could be jobless for a year and still be fine or two years or whatever, five years. Um, so rather than just be stuck in a miserable job, either change, try to find a new one, you know, take, take a few months off to really figure out what you want to do, or just start demanding what you want out of your current job. And if they, don't agree, then you can either accept that and move on, or you can find another job and use your FU money to, to um, you know, give yourself some time to find something that really will make you happy. So I think that's, I think that's a really important lesson I learned along my path. Um, and yeah, it's, I wish I would have quit or tried to quit, you know, a couple of years <laughs> earlier and got myself into this situation because... Uh, like I said, it doesn't even feel like I have a job. It's, it's just great. I, I do a little bit of coding, which I like to do, and uh, I don't have to deal with any of the other stuff. Like like right now, it's whatever, 10 a.m. and I'm in my pajamas talking to Ozzy Firebug, you know, and I can I'll get my work done after after this. And if I have to work late, that's fine. Whatever, I'm you know I'm in my apartment, and uh, it, it's just really flexible, um, which is what i really hated about which i really hated about you know full-time work was not having any flexibility or freedom oh now tell I'm me about it me. man
0: yeah it's it, it's um it's interesting you mentioned that because that was basically what i was last year or, or when i discovered financial independence you know i did i was so excited about this and i had a similar experience to you you know i was always pretty frugal and i was always um decent with money but if you're not striving for something, it's like I don't know. You keep saving, you keep saving, and then then I was like, well, I got all this money in the bank. Um, I you know better spend it on something because what's the point of being the richest man in the graveyard um right. but then as soon as i found out that it was a thing I, I i read um rich dad poor dad and that was like the first eye-opening book that i ever read i was like holy shit what like people actually do this and then i went to you know um seminars and i met people that had already done it. And i was like oh my god this is what i want to do and you know i dedicated so much time just um, trying to get my savings rate as high as possible and um, you know for a while there I was completely miserable at my job just because I knew how many years away um, I was until I reached that final number Um, and I really had to focus on liking my job again because I got a great job I work with good people but it's a bit toxic if you're so obsessed with this thing um, and you got this goal you want to work so hard to to get to, but um, it it just takes time, and that's just the way it is. Um, yeah, you definitely. I almost I remember thinking like, oh, I wish I didn't know about this, and just kept saving without acknowledging it because I would have been so much more happier at work. Um, yeah, not no, knowing yeah, it was there. Yeah,
1: that happened. But yeah, if you focus on the journey instead and just try to improve your life, use the power that all that money that you're building up gives you along the way um, to improve your life as you're pursuing it, then uh, yeah, hopefully by the time you get there, you won't even won't even notice because yeah, like, be absolutely'll so just be like, well, yeah, I'll, I'm, I hit my number now, but whatever, I'm not going to change anything because I've worked my life into such a state that you know I enjoy everything that I do so totally
0: um what was your what's been the biggest hurdle you've encountered in your journey so far
1: so yeah it's actually along those lines um so i at the time my wife and i were living in uh the woods of vermont um really quite isolated just based on where we both worked um we we had to pick this one village pretty much to live in and it was quite out there in the middle of nowhere which was really beautiful and everything vermont's a beautiful place but um, it wasn't an ideal situation because it was around this time that I really really got obsessed with the whole financial independence thing. Um, so, um, all of my time was just spent, uh, you know, researching strategies and, uh, writing mad scientist articles and, um, and I, I became really isolated, uh, I didn't want to do anything else uh that would either cost money and delay my progress or you know that wasn't towards like finding ways to get there quicker um and around this time i actually went back to school i got a free master's degree um i worked (laughs) for an ivy league college in the area and uh and the whole reason i got the job really was because I, i always thought i wanted to get a grad degree just to see if i could do it um but i knew i didn't want to pay for it and i especially didn't want to pay for it once i got on the path to financial independence but mm. um i realized that the local uh really highly respected university um allowed their employees to get a free master's oh uh, that's a that's a, that's a sweet service, perk right? yeah it was great so um so it was around this time that i was pursuing that as well so i had a full-time job I was part-time student, which was really uh, quite taxing, and then I was, you know, doing all this mad scientist stuff at the time. That was right when the blog was starting to gain a lot of traction. Um, so I was really busy, but I didn't realize that I was like really just like sort of isolating myself, which ended ended up leading to like sort of like depression. Would like looking back on it, it was obvious I was depressed, but mm-hmm. at the time I was just like whatever, you know, like I'll be happy once I hit fi and then whatever I can yeah. figure everything out um, so yeah it wasn't a good situation to ask. so that was definitely the hardest part was I got that period of obsession where I was just so busy uh, that I didn't want to really do anything else other than you know save money or think about ways to grow my money quicker um, and it made my wife really unhappy she was here she is she's Scottish so her all her family and friends are you know across the ocean and we're just sitting in the woods of Vermont and she's just stuck with this you know, guy that doesn't want to do anything or spend any money or go anywhere um, so yeah, I, I think I can relate and, to that definitely yeah, so it's, especially it's, it's so you, yeah you don't want to get into that sort of funk yeah absolutely
0: and I think I definitely wasn't that funk and I've come to realize now that it's you're probably going to have a much easier and better time if you even if you have to delay um, financial independence two or three years like that in the grand scheme of things isn't so bad if it means that your life is greatly improved during your work years
1: absolutely yeah couldn't agree more and the funny thing is like it's never been about early retirement for me like i have so many other things that i want to pursue and i'm sure a lot of them will could earn money if they if i tried or you know i may even get a new, new job or like i just i re- released a post yesterday um saying that i just oh, to i astronaut. read
0: that yes <laughs> i was gonna ask you about that the astronaut thing
1: yeah so like uh, it's something like over the years like i yeah my wanting to play a part in some way of you know nasa's next big uh task of you know trying to get somebody to mars like yeah and the, you know whether or not that's in an astronaut role or working on the ground for them in some capacity um are you a fan Yeah, right. Or SpaceX, or any of the companies that have launched recently. Um, So yeah, just starting to think about what's the next chapter, and uh, you know, it's it's always there's so many interesting things to do, and a lot of them pay you to do them. So it's like, so that's why it was so crazy that I was so focused on getting to this stupid number when I knew I wouldn't, you know, necessarily just stop earning money for the rest of my life anyway. Um, So yeah, I, I completely agree. You need to focus just at the end of the day, that's the whole thing's about just happiness. So there's no reason to make yourself miserable mm. to pursue a goal that you think will make you happy. You just work on happiness now and as you're saving and then, and then, yeah, eventually you have a lot more freedom to try other things to make you happy. But really it's about happiness at the end of the day. So don't sacrifice that now for some time in the future. Very, very
0: wise words. Um, Okay, now I'm going <laughs> to I'm actually going to steal something I heard on your podcast which is the like fast uh, money round, but it's going to be <laughs> US styles. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. Um no, no. So, yeah, this is um, US style, uh, fast money. So my listeners, I'm sure you're not going to know what these things mean. Uh, Majority of them, I think you will. Um, But basically, I'm just going to give you two options and you just yell out the option that you like best. Okay. Okay. Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton?
1: (laughs) That's interesting. I I try to stay out of politics as much as possible just because it makes me angry and like i so like i I have not been following like i am probably one of the least informed of any american but i would isn't he isn't bernie from vermont yeah, Bernie is the senator from Vermont. But oh man, that's Hillary a that's a layup for you
0: then. Come on.
1: No, no, uh, no. I'm I'm not from Vermont. I'm I just live there, so I have no no hardcore allegiance. But yeah, oh, no, okay. I would say Hillary just because I loved Bill Clinton so much. Uh, I thought he was a great president, and just having him around to bounce <laughs> ideas off of i think would be really valuable so yeah okay um, i like i like but, um
0: bill as well i have absolutely no idea what his policies were like but he had uh, charisma and you know I, I did think he was um bad to be you know the the, the face of uh, american politics i quite liked him yeah, um but yeah he, I,
1: i'm i'm I, like I said I'm the worst person because I don't well we don't have a TV at all um, and I try to stay away from oh, really? as much as possible yeah we don't have uh, we don't have a TV at all in our place uh, we watch like Netflix on the laptop every once in a while oh okay
0: oh, oh, oh that makes sense yeah yeah right, right. so yeah. okay so you do watch yeah, like so, uh, series and stuff still
1: yeah 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 so yeah my wife and I usually right before bed will you know watch a watch an episode on the laptop and then read before we fall asleep and stuff but um nice but yeah no we don't have a tv that connects to like live news or anything so and i try to stay away from news as much as possible just because it makes me it, it, it usually just makes me angry and you know um i don't know so politics and things things that i have no control over
0: really uh, I just yeah no i feel yeah i um i play chess in my spare time but um whenever i play online it just makes me angry because you get to a certain level and you start getting thrashed by people that are better than you over and over again and then i just want to like become the best chess player ever and i know it's never going to happen so it just ends in tears every time (laughs) so (laughs) like i have a rule no more chess like i'll have a game you know once in a while but i can't get too heavily involved in it because i always just getting pissed off anyway oh, yeah. we're uh we're getting off topic back to the money yeah round. sorry that um, wasn't a fast answer <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um east coast or west coast oh east coast east coast pepsi or coke uh
1: neither um either come on either yeah no i yeah i rarely drink soda but okay uh I'll, I'll do Coke. I let the the Coke. Uh, You've
0: probably got coffee. shares in Coke, so Coke.
1: Oh will probably no, Pepsi's in there I, as well. I have I have shares in Pepsi. I have one. No, I have two shares in Pepsi. So <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad bought me one share of Pepsi, one share of Wendy's, which is like a fast food burger chain. I guess yeah. I liked when I was a kid. One share of Disney and one share of the company he worked for. That's awesome. Um, so so I have these annoying two shares of pepsi that give me like two dollars worth of dividends every year that i have to then file on my tax return so <laughs> so like and I, I don't know where the actual stock certificates are so i i don't even know how i would sell them oh. but i just want to get rid of them because it's just like a burden a tax time for for, for like two dollars a year um oh it's almost so, yeah, like an
0: intake so man you gotta hold on to that
1: <laughs> i know um so it was great at the time because like he taught me about stocks and i would check the papers and you know, maybe that's why I like you know stocks and stuff. Oh, so he much was good, Dad. Taught was, you about
0: stocks. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, so it's good, but now it's just now it's really annoying. Annoying. To <laughs> worry about those dividends when I, when it comes to the tax time. So yeah, I'll, I'll still stay with stay with Coke. Coke okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Leno or Letterman? Ooh, Letterman. Lakers or Celtics? Uh, Celtics, because I lived in Boston for a while. Nice. In and out or Five Guys? uh five guys but that's only because i didn't spend too much on time on the west coast so i've I've been in and out once and it was really good but i don't know if that's because i was just like all the hype got to my head or what uh, yeah
0: (laughs) it has a lot of hype i've had both and i think five guys i'm gonna insult americans if they're listening to this (laughs) five guys was the better burger but
1: in and out was so
0: much cheaper it's like a third of the price or something or half the price
1: right okay yeah no uh, next time i'm uh, out west i'm gonna i'm gonna try again but yeah in uh five guys just because i've had it more
0: Mm. interesting fact of the day um shaquille O'Neal owns something like 65 guys restaurants don't ask me how (laughs) i know that but i just know that somehow um (laughs) i don't know why i know that but interesting tidbit uh miller's or budweiser
1: uh budweiser although both are pretty terrible so
0: <laughs> well, i don't mind Budweiser. wise of uh yeah, no, it's, good.
1: it's but there's so many other better choices well ha- have you been to germany because i hear gone crazy is it is it the same there is it just gone insane with craft beer
0: um yeah uh i wouldn't say insane
1: but um Oh, well, it's coming then because it's it, coming. Yeah, in America, it's just like every there's a brewery on every corner now. Oh, really? Absolutely nuts, but it's really good because all the beer is really, really tasty. So, oh, nice. Um, I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but
0: Mac or PC? Mac, yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, funny because you're the, a you're a computer sorry, yeah. guy and. I'm actually a computer guy as well. And, um, like I've got a computer science degree, which is really weird because I don't know if you had a post about this or not. Is some correlation, I swear, about, um, people striving for financial independence and being heavily involved in computers.
1: Do you yeah, find that? Absolutely, Yeah, it's, it's huge. I think Mr. Money Mustache did a post. Ah, yeah, the, yeah. Some crazy percentage of his audience were, uh comp sci people so yeah it it makes sense because like my entire life is about optimizing so yeah like optimizing code less lines of code more efficient algorithms all that sort of stuff and it just it makes sense in the whole financial independence space because that's exactly what you're doing you're just trying to find these optimizations and uh streamlining the way you do things and making everything very efficient which is exactly what i do for my job so it it definitely makes sense
0: it does make sense it's still it's still funny but uh yeah but being a comp side guy i don't know i find because i i work um you know in it in australia heaps of it professionals you know they're windows dudes and you know if you're a mac it's like oh you're a mac you know
1: um i I was like why would i pay double for a computer when i could yeah get a perfectly good Dell or whatever and it'd be like half the price at, at least half the yeah. price. Um, so I was always against it, always against Apple. Never, it was like all these people
0: buying $2,000 Facebook machines.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, right. So I was like, nah, never going to happen. But then I got this job at this university that I talked about and uh, they gave me a MacBook Pro and my life completely changed forever. Like, really? I, when I see people using Windows machines, I feel just so sad inside. Um, <laughs> it, it is such a nice experience. Like, uh, they're just... My, uh, so, I have another... I have a MacBook Pro Retina through work as well. Mm. And it's just the best thing I've ever owned, I think. It is hey, I'll most... give
0: them this. They make quality products. Like, oh, it's the hardware is the best, but I'm just a Windows man. Like I'm, no. I'm a.
1: If, if, have you ever tried it? Have you ever? Like, my
0: girlfriend has a like, has me? a MacBook Air, and I never know how to bloody do anything on it because I'm I'm a database administrator um, slash systems admin, and like. Can't navigate my way around a Mac as well as I can in Windows, um, right. which well, is. Once you
1: get past that hurdle, that's yeah, it's definitely at first it's really annoying. Um, but once you get past that, you'll just be like, "This is what life should be like." Really? Um, all okay. The, all the DBAs and sysadmins at my work are begging to get Macs. Um, really? A lot of them are buying their own machines, bringing them in, uh, and using them because they won't. Their bosses won't buy a Mac, so it's, I. Okay. Okay, you've, you've got, got me intrigued now. Do, honestly, it, it, yeah, I would easily show out a couple grand for a MacBook Pro, and okay. for someone that spends no money on anything ever, for me to yeah, that's be big. Do that is just huge. It, it it I'm on the thing like 15 hours a day for like three straight <laughs> years, and it like it doesn't even seem any different than the day we bought it or the day my boss bought it. So it's just. It, it's awesome I that's love it. big guys no, if the mad
0: scientist is saying he's going to fork out thousands of dollars <laughs> for a machine you know it's quality okay exactly. i will i'm still i still love my windows but i'll keep an open mind and when it's time to upgrade i will i will think back oh, to this conversation it. and I, it, it might influence me um uh dunkin donuts or starbucks
1: Duncan, Oh, man, yeah, I miss Duncan. Up in New England, they're really big, um, and you can find one anywhere. Um, so if you're, like, driving or on a road trip or in the airport or you need a coffee, uh, I definitely prefer their coffee, and it's always fun to get a donut or a bagel as well. So Nice.
0: PlayStation or Nintendo 64?
1: <laughs> um, I'm not a very big video game guy, so I would say N64 because that's probably the last... Console, I guess you call it. I, I have ever owned. I think I had a Nintendo sixty four back in the day. That is the correct answer. I was <laughs> going to
0: terminate this podcast if you said PlayStation. <laughs>
1: Good. I would even go as far to say probably just classic uh, Nintendo. Would I would prefer oh. sixty four even
0: even like the Atari or something?
1: Back. No, no, I, not a, I wasn't an Atari guy. I was I had a Nintendo back when I was a kid. I okay. played all the games so that's that was like my biggest video game period was whenever that was popular so Uh, yeah the
0: 64 ultimate console of all time i don't care what anyone says you can is it it, (laughs) you can delete my mailing list i don't care that is my view it had four controllers it had uh goldeneye super smash bros mario kart that nothing will beat that console obviously there's better (laughs) consoles now but just during its age and what it did that is the best. Sleepovers were never the same. Um, Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. Nickelback or oh, a pickle? A pickle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely a pickle. Oh, Did you
0: see yeah. that Facebook page? No, I didn't. It's like Nickel. No, what to say? I bet you this pickle. This pickle can get more likes than Nickelback, and it had like <laughs> fifty. It had like millions of likes, and it it. Um, yeah, beat Nickelback's fan page, so... Yeah, they're they're
1: definitely... Them and Creed were just, like, worst <laughs> back... Oh, I think... I had a radio <laughs> I,
0: a- I think they cop a bit of flack. I don't know who the hell, like, started this Nickelback hate on the internet. I just think... I don't really like them, but I think they cop it a bit too much like i don't think no, they're that no, bad. i could
1: see it i could see it. It, it yeah creed and nickelback i can see why the why the hatred is there for some reason <laughs> i don't know what it is about them but i, yeah. I feel it passionately and uh, i don't think i was influenced by any sort of hype or anything. <laughs> fair enough fair enough okay um
0: uh, we'll wrap things up now it's been an absolute pleasure um thank you so much for being on the podcast I hope you enjoyed yeah, half as much as I did I
1: appreciate you asking me on yeah definitely it's been good and uh, it's, it's just amazing that you're on the other side of the world and it's like you're right next door I still can't believe that Skype is free <laughs> oh
0: best ever <laughs> yeah but um, you know it must be nice I don't know how many interviews you get but I always listen to your podcast where you're the interviewer so um, I hope I did a good job interviewing you yeah, that was
1: perfect. You did great. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I appreciate you having me.
0: No worries. And make sure you check out uh, Mad Scientist's site, guys. I'll put it in the show notes. Um Thanks a lot for listening. And if you want to jump over to iTunes and just search Aussie Firebug, you'll see my podcast. Uh, drop us a comment. I really um, enjoy reading them. And you know, the more you comment, if you want to, if you want me to ask certain questions to certain people, or you want me to interview a certain um, person, I'd love to hear about it. Um, you know, rate the show even if it's bad. Um, and and that's it. Thanks a lot. See you next time.